All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and here against his will is Brandon. Brandon, how's it going? <laughs> oh, not too bad. I wouldn't so say against my will. I just, I'm just beaten down. Unenthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into that. Um, but uh, I had a funny story to share that I feel like I had to mention. Um, the weekends have not been like the highlight lately for anybody who's a sports enthusiast in the state of Michigan. Yeah. So <laughs> I um, we went to go see my brother-in-law because he moved into a new house uh, downstate and. Uh, I thought it was closer, but they are not too far from a Chick-fil-A, which, of okay. course, we don't have Chick-fil-A up here. So we thought we'd kind of, like, knock out two birds with one stone where it's like, oh, I'll go check out their new place, and then we'll go get Chick-fil-A. Well, we decided to leave the wife and the kids, the wives and the kids at the house. So my brother-in-law and I just went, and then it was, of course, after the Michigan game, so we had plenty to talk about. But I just had to share this crazy thing about how crazy busy Chick-fil-A was on a Saturday. Yeah. So we get there, and I I don't remember the exact location, but it was one by a mall. And so they had someone, I think it was an employee, directing traffic at the intersection where you can access Chick-fil-A from the mall. Because there were so many people that you couldn't even like pull in the, it, it wasn't even directly into the drive through. There was probably like a hundred yards from the row of the intersection to the Chick fil A. And then they had cars lined up around the parking lot of the mall. Okay. And so we were just like, okay, maybe we're not going to do this. But well, we decided to wait it out. And this is how impressive Chick fil A was. So we were able to count cars on our way out to see how many there were. And we found out that from where we sat when we started waiting, that there were well over, easily over 100 cars in drive in the drive-thru line. Oh, my gosh. Easily. And, it, and they got through all those 100 cars, including us and in front of us, in 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah, they're super fast. There's one in Okemos. That's the one I've been to. Okay. Um, I went to one when I lived in Pennsylvania for a little bit, too. But, yeah, they're dude, they're super fast. Yeah, when I used to, uh, when my grandparents were still alive and we would go to Kentucky, we go to Chick-fil-A every once in a while, and they were, they were quick down there, too. But, yeah, this was, like, the most extreme situation because everybody's going to Chick-fil-A on Saturday because they're closed on Sundays. And uh, they they came through for us. We dropped I dropped fifty bucks on food at Chick Fil A. <laughs> and uh, here's a little secret too. I mean, I'm I'm not claiming to be any kind of a genius, but it was kind of funny because my brother in law had never thought of this idea. But whenever you have to go out and you pick up dinner, especially if it's like a fast food place, you always order yourself extra food because then you can eat it on the way home, and nobody's <laughs> the wiser. Have you never heard of that before? No. Oh, dude, I do that all the time. All the time. 
And then uh, it's really convenient because the trash bin outside is near our back door where I go into the house. So I just dump the extra trash in the bin right away. Uh, that's funny. So, well, I guess I kind of wanted to start off with that because that was a funny, fun conversation um, compared to all the other things that we have to discuss today. So I think there's a lot to talk about. We normally try to stay a little structured, but I feel like this is going to be a very unstructured episode. So I think we're going to start off talking about the Lions. We're going to discuss some of the things that we saw uh, this weekend, and then um, we'll talk more about the upcoming game, probably more specifically around the predictions at the end of the episode. But then um, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion around Michigan. So, Brandon, uh, you don't have to go into great detail, uh, but whatever you got, if you want to kick off the discussion with uh, the amazing Lions game we experienced this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told you before we started recording that I didn't get to watch the whole game. Um, I'm kind of, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm kind of beaten down on just not enthusiastic this year about football. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Lions being Lions, it's just not even so much that they've been bad as that they've been boring this year. Aside from that Falcons game, all the other games have been boring. I mean, blowing the the leads at the beginning of the season, and now it's just like having games where, I guess, you know, the score is closer than what the game was. Yeah. Or just games that just kind of drag on. And and this was one of them against the Vikings. Uh, Lions lost, again, 34-20. to 20. Uh, Pretty much incompetent against the run. Uh, Delvin Cook, he had 22 carries for 204 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I hate you for... <laughs> I, I lucked out with fantasy, but man, Yeah, you I was beat me bad. by like two points. You and I scored like the most in our entire league. Pretty close to it, at least. Uh, Cook also had two receptions for 46 yards, so he got me like 35 points in our fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, and then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball... The Vikings, uh, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, and Eric Wilson all had interceptions. Uh, Matthew Stafford threw two of those. Uh, That's because he got hurt later in the game. Uh, he dropped back to pass. He had to like move up into the pocket because there's pressure from behind him, and he got sacked by two guys at the same time, and he didn't get up. <laughs> yeah. For a little bit, got up, shook his head, and I'm like, yeah, he's got a concussion. It's like about... And, he never came back. Uh, Chase Daniel finished the game. Uh, Stafford went 23 for 32 for 211 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, Daniel, he went 8 for 13 for 94 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, a little more life running the ball this week. Uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift had 13 carries for 64 yards. Uh, man, that's pretty much it. Carry uh, on Johnson showed a little signs of life, but still, he's very much behind Swift and Peterson at this point. Uh, Danny Amendola read, or led all the receivers with seven receptions for 77 yards. But uh, Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson had the touchdowns. 
<laughs> the Lions on the defensive side of the ball. The only positive is that uh, Desmond Trufant had a sack. <laughs> Other than that, there's not really much to talk about. The defense looked horrible. horrible. Like Del- every time, every time Delvin Cook got the ball, it seems like he went for ten yards at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 22 carries for 204 yards. He pretty much did get 10 yards a carry. <laughs> it was it was pretty pathetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was I, I did not catch the whole game either I don't know, I feel like week in and week out You're watching, I mean You're watching the same thing over and over again <laughs> Yeah And I still laugh at I don't know if it was somebody who said it Or if it was just some dumb headline That somebody threw out there for a clickbait but when somebody uh, somewhere it said something about a playoff push after the Lions won like one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I heard that too, actually, on um, one of the pre games or post games, something like that. Man. I think there was a YouTube channel that I watched too. It was like Total Pro Sports or something like that. It said the Lions were um, in the playoff race, and I just laughed. Jeez. Oh, man. I'm well, to the point now where, you know, I've seen all I need to see of Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. I think they both can go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time to get rid of those guys and just start another rebuild. Um, you know, if I was in charge, I would I'd just burn it down, burn it to the ground, hang on to the youngest guys that show a lot of promise. You know, re-sign Galladay. They still haven't done that. I don't know what they're waiting for. Um, this is another instance of this deep or this offense is completely different when Kenny Galladay's not there. Mm-hmm. Because you know they struggled. They got those twenty points, but yeah, they they were really missing him. He was out with a hip injury. Uh, and you know when Stafford gets hurt, they it's always a little bit harder to watch. You know, I said, I think a couple episodes ago that Chase Daniel is probably the best backup quarterback they've had in a long time. Yeah, he but still, he's a he's a backup quarterback for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm at the point too where, you know, Stafford's not a bad quarterback. I think he's probably like top fifteen in the league. Mm-hmm. At times, he might be top ten, but he's just. I'm getting to the point now where he's been around for like 10 years and I'm just tired of watching him. Like yeah. he is, he is who he is. And I just want to see something different. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's dumb or what, but I just, you know, that you see teams like, you know, Baltimore and, um, Houston and, you know, teams that have like the dual threat quarterback. And it's like, I just want that. <laughs> you know, I want a guy that, could make things happen with his feet and his his arm. And, you know, Stafford has some scrambling ability, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to get you close to 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I would like to have that. I don't think you are out of line whatsoever just because, I mean, well, first of all, we're talking about a Lions fan for your lifelong Lions fan. But then also just the dramatic 
BS that the fan base has had to put up for, I don't even know how long now, where it's just that everything was so close, like things were going well, I'm not going to say so well, but it's just like, I mean, you had Megatron, Stafford was younger, um, you had some, uh, you know, capable, I'm not going to say great running backs come through, you had other supporting characters, great defense, all these things, and then it just, it builds up to being really close to breaking through that threshold of just, you know, like winning a playoff game. And then Mm -hmm. it's just a steady decline. So, I mean, I, I totally do not argue against you and, you know, just want even just from the satisfaction of seeing something different. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm a firm believer too. Like if you're going to rebuild, you don't, try to like do a partial rebuild mm-hmm. you know you you get rid of any guys that are over like the age of 30 you know and in football you get rid of guys that are over like the age of 27 yeah and then you just get whatever you can for them stockpile some draft picks maybe add some guys in free agency and you know build through the draft and get a bunch of good young players and just plan on sucking for a few years, which I mean, at this point they've sucked for a few years, not trying to rebuild. So what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, there's nothing, there's no groundbreaking new information here. I mean, it's the lions being the lions and, Patricia doing Patricia things and everything, you know, still going in the, in the wrong direction. So it's hard to get excited for it. <laughs> yeah. And speaking about excited, I think the only part that I'm excited about this uh, talking about Michigan coming up is that we have voicemails again this week. Um. Hopefully, uh, looking forward to it. I'm not sure. I, I, once again, have no idea what's on here, so brace for impact. Um, But we've got two voicemails, and here is the first one. Yeah, um, y'all know what this is. We're going to get right to it. Um, I'm done. I've seen enough. Listen, um, I want Hugh Freeze. I know some people would disagree with that. He's got Liberty about to be in the top 20, maybe top 22. Liberty. I don't even know where Liberty is. I, I, you know, I don't want to Google it. I don't know where it is. It might be one of the Carolinas. It might be in Texas. I don't know where it is. Um, Coach Harbaugh, he had a good run. A, a, a friend of mine, um, 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 an insider, actually, I'm not going to say his name. He, he, he put it like this. Two things happened with Michigan. Um, 24-7 and Rival and Huddle and um, ESPN mis-evaluated a lot of these players, other than Daxton Hill. Because um, their, their stars don't match the talent. That's one. Two, um, the coaching from the top down hasn't put these guys in the best position to win. One of the plays I saw was Dax Hero getting mad at Cam McGrone because Cam McGrone was where the safeties were supposed to be. Instead of worrying about his spot, his, his, his area, he was back there where the safeties were. You were a five-star linebacker, and you don't know how to – it's like either these guys don't know how to play football or Don Brown just doesn't know what they're doing or what he's doing with them. I don't want to hear youth and inexperience because there are some teams who lose a lot every year. It, it, and if youth and inexperience, inexperience is a legit reason, why not play Andre Seldon Jr. and Dorian Green Warren? Can't get, they're young and inexperienced. Can't get any worse than those guys, right? 
you got Devon Green. This guy can't get an interception to save his brother's life. And Vincent Green, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what else to say about this guy. And like he, he, I thought losing Josh Metellus would would be beneficial. Now we have two Josh Metelluses on the team, in Demon Green and Vincent Gray. These guys are that bad. I don't think it got any worse than guys like Jared Wilson and Delano Hill and Josh Metellus. But we got two Josh Metelluses. Vincent Gray is trash, and I hope he listens to this. If you listen, you trash dog. And Demon Green. I mean, this this guy's hands are made of some stone that you would see in an 1800s movie, like like one of those movies where they go back to the 1800s and like that hard stone, whatever that 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 stuff was made out of. Demon Green's hands are made out of the exact same thing. I'm, I, I just I don't understand this man. I'm I'm not gonna leave two voicemails. I'm trying to get it all in one, but this right here shows me that they need to go, and uh, the fan base that wants to keep these guys, y'all can go too. This is ridiculous, man. This is I've had enough. I've had enough of Harbaugh. I've had enough. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. This is Indiana. They can't even pick a president right. They picking off passes. Go blue, man. All right, Steven with voicemail. <laughs> I heard you chuckling in the background there a couple times. Oh yeah, a few times. Just because I I know his hate for Josh Metellus. So when he said that we have two of them, it just made me laugh. Because <laughs> it just reminded me of his hate for Josh Metellus. Yeah. Oh man, so many things, so many voicemails. I appreciate the uh, the call in and everything. Yeah, I I've got plenty of different things I'm going to talk about and share. And but yeah, the defense just looked dysfunctional to say the least and yeah the sec the secondary it's just like anybody who can uh is was even a capable high school quarterback is going to be able to be successful against the michigan defense as long as their offensive line gives them two seconds to sit in the pocket so but uh all right so let's uh move on to the second voicemail then Oh, this is uh, the Jim P19 on Twitter, and I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona. And I wanted to talk about the Michigan shit show. I'm sorry. I mean, the Wolverines. There's just the body language says it all. Harbaugh acts like somebody killed his dog. Just with, you know, there's just no, no fire in the belly. I don't know if there's something going on that we haven't found out about yet or what, but after these last two losses, you know that, some of these recruits are going to look elsewhere to, to play for one, but I mean, that just, that happens. But there's just no, I, I remember this from the rich rod and at the end of hoax, you know, days, geez, they've got to suck it up. I mean, Don Brown's got to go. I'm not usually like the Twitter guys or fire, 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 you know, it's not like Beavis, but damn it. You know, Harbaugh just doesn't tell him to quit being so damn stubborn. I mean, they're not getting any pass rush. And, you know, you got two of these guys. Well, Hutchinson, I don't know if he's coming back. But you got two of these guys being touted as first and second round NFL picks, and they're not getting any pressure. Come on. I don't know if they're playing Wisconsin this week or not. Supposedly, it's still pretty bad up there. Hopefully for them it's not because that goes beyond football. But, uh. Hey, uh, enough of my rant. 
thanks for taking my call as always and go blue all right thank you jim appreciate it uh, yeah supposedly i mean i know your voicemail came in uh, i think it was still sunday over the weekend so it's uh here in the middle of the week and it's expected that the game is still going to go on i mean they're advertising it as is so we'll see if slash when that happens i anticipate that will so um but yeah i uh gosh so much to say uh, not a lot of game breakdown. Like I mentioned before, this is just going to be kind of like a conversational episode talking about the state of things. And so uh, first things first, Don, I'm so confident that Don Brown is not going to get fired during the season. I'll say that much because um, there was a lot that came out about Harbaugh being very particular about Brady Hoke and when he exited and he wanted it done right I do not see any way that a coach under Harbaugh is going to get fired during the season we didn't see it happen with anybody who came before um, with the offensive coordinators and I don't see it happening with Don Brown during the season I am quite confident that he well I am fairly confident that he will be gone at the end of the year um, but other things leading to that as well. Brandon, did you check out that uh, link that we got tagged in? Um, um, from Jason? I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about where it came from um, because there are certain people out there who just have different personalities and they uh, – kind of can rub you the wrong way, but there is a, there is a source out there publicly um, on social media. And he was actually, I believe he was the one who broke the information about Harbaugh being hired, not speculation, like the outright information, Hey, Harbaugh is coming to Michigan. And he now has um, some information that he's sharing saying that it is expected not 100% confirmed that Michigan and Harbaugh are going to part ways at the end of the season. Um, And the only way that they really see a chance of that changing is if they run the table. But even then, if there's going to be interest in staying. Um, I'm not making excuses for Harbaugh when I say that I agree with some of the things that are being said here because we've talked through the years, Brandon, I know some of this was the conversation before you joined the podcast, but, you know, I mean... Harbaugh 2015, 2016 is vastly different from 17, 18, 19, and even here in 20. Um, And so there have been speculations and discussions about things. And there were quite a few things that um, this insider, well, person with inside information was sharing about the state of the program and just how um, a lot of traditional stuff is just getting in the way um organizational wise administration wise they want michigan to look and run and operate a certain way and 2015 2016 harbaugh and michigan football team did not fit into those parameters Mm -hmm. and uh he has um there were some certain things that they were telling them that they needed to do differently 
And so that's the anticipation on where the change happened with Harbaugh, that it was put down by superiors that things needed to change. No idea who those people are exactly, what it is. Uh, I mean, people have heard stories about crazy things coming from administration to donors to um, all these other uh, people in and around the program. At the end of the day, who's still coaching the team? It's Harbaugh. So even though he might be put in a box, he is still responsible for how the football team performs. And so I could understand uh, Michigan not being able to break the mold and get past and maybe beat you know, Ohio State, um, especially not beating them on a regular basis. But um, things like the Michigan State loss, uh, the terrible Indiana performance and things like that, those those are not excusable by things like that. That is a lack of defensive coaching, a, a lot of, because the defense performed so poorly. Um, and that is a huge part on the mentality factor as we talk about week in and week out that this is not a mentally strong team. I've said it so many years. I think starting maybe starting in 2017, you just never know what can happen because this is not a mentally strong team. Um, and that comes from the coaches. And so I don't care what kind of box you're put in. You can still shape how your players act and react to things and to be tough doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, a bad attitude, uh, mean player. I don't, I don't even know what they have a problem with necessarily. The thing that I go back to though, and I, I really think that might pivot on is that Harbaugh may have been rebuked for what happened in the 2016 Ohio State game where he threw his um not uh his clipboard and then Michigan wound up getting a penalty. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. Okay, yeah, there was an instant where he threw a clipboard and I think it was behind him. So it wasn't even like in the direction of the field, but something happened. He got penalty and they they made a big deal about it. Um, kind of rightfully so, but still, whatever, you know, that happens all the time, but essentially, you know, that whole fire and energy from Harbaugh caused a penalty and then could have been tied to and associated in some people's minds to Michigan losing the game. So my mind just goes back to that. Somehow he probably got rebuked for that. And ever since then, he's, you know, they've had their thumb on Harbaugh and, his attitude and his antics. I mean, he didn't, he stopped doing, you know, signing with the stars and all these other extra hype kind of things. And Mm -hmm. just became your very basic formal football coach. You know, I mean, there, there was, he had a, he had a personality. He had a big personality when it came to Michigan. Then really after that 2016 Ohio state game, you saw that kind of disappear and go away. So I really think a lot of it kind of centers around that. Again, I'm not saying that this is making excuses for performance, especially like Michigan State and Indiana this year, but I think that's a factor. So they're saying that essentially that Harbaugh is ready to leave because this is not this is not Michigan football. This is not 
and not saying that they're depicting it as saying like he wants to take over Michigan football, but he wants to make it his own. I mean, he wants to be able to own it. And if he can't own it, you can't take, I mean, think about this from a work perspective. Like if you're a manager and you're trying to coordinate your team and then upper management comes to you and says, Hey, you can't do it this way. You're doing something success successful and it's working, but then they come in and say, you can't do this this way. And it completely takes away as incentive. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be huge negative effect. So, again, some things make sense, but the god-awful performances that we've already seen this year uh, do not make sense. Like, if they were close, like, if they were close losses, they, they could kind of make sense. Like, if Michigan State came back and beat Michigan, okay, maybe that could have made sense. If Indiana and Michigan was a shootout, Maybe that could make sense. But no, both those games, Michigan just looked bad. Just bad. So uh, that's the um, anticipation that at the end of the season, Harbaugh and Michigan are going separate ways. And that is why I'm going to say, I know Steven was saying, let's get Hugh Freeze. I'm, I'm saying, I don't care. I do not care who comes in. I mean, yeah, sure. Will I be interested? Will there maybe be a little excitement or whatever? But honestly, the way that it is, and this has been a topic of conversation and things that people have been saying ever since Rich Rod came about how administration comes in and gets gets involved with too much. I mean, we're talking about since when did he when did he go in and take over? Two thousand four, was it or something like that? Or no, 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 no. Seven. Sorry. Uh, 2007, 8, and 9. No. 2008, 9, and 10. There we go. Trying to get... So from 2008. So we're well over a decade of this. And who knows maybe how it was at the end of uh, Lloyd Lloyd Carr's career, how things were going. And so this is a bigger problem than coaching. Now, yes, could somebody come in and do a better job? Sure. But is somebody going to come in and be competing for multiple national championships, going to be taking down Ohio State year in and year out? No. This is going to be a continual problem. Uh, While other teams are out there keeping up with the times, Michigan is stuck in the 90s, I swear. Like, it really feels like Michigan peaked at the end of the 90s, and then after that they just refused to change because they said, hey, we won a championship, let's not change anything. And now everybody's like a decade, two decades ahead of them, while Michigan is refusing to move. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't you can't expect things like that to change by just getting a new coach. Now, I find it kind of interesting because I find it a little bit, I'm just saying a little bit, because I vastly, I do not put these two uh, in the same plane or area or anything, uh, but kind of the state of Michigan football is a little similar to the state of the Lions football, where ownership and administration is causing problems for the entire organization. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, uh, I think coaching is a lot bigger problem. Well, head coaching, a lot bigger problem at the Lions than it is at Michigan. But, you know, these are problems that are not just going to get fixed overnight. I, I was telling, uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law because we talked about it so much and everything, and, after we got that article shared with us uh, that the, uh, that insider guy kind of posted, <clears throat> I don't think he really considers himself an insider, but anyways, he's got sources, credible sources. 
um, I was talking to him and I shared it with him and I was just like, dude, there is a very good chance that Michigan is going to essentially be irrelevant until I'd say 2030s, maybe yeah. even closer to 2040. Because you have to look at all the people who are in charge, the administration and everything. It's going to take at least a decade for those people to move out, if not longer. Like, they're not all going to be like, oh, up and leave together in one year. This is going to be an ongoing thing. Michigan, Michigan's ceiling is looking at like 10 and 11 wins. Yeah, pretty much. Pro- probably never beating Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So that that is the state of things. That is what we're looking at. That is reality. I mean, you argue all you want, but those are the things that, you know, we've been looking for something to confirm some of these things on, like, what is going on? What is so weird at Michigan? And there is something holding them back. But again, like I said, performances like Michigan State and Indiana are not excuses for Harbaugh, as I like saying, being put in a box. Harbaugh being able to win against bigger teams in bowl games or against Ohio State, winning the Big Ten, things like that, those are things that might the box might restrict him on. But winning t- games against teams like Michigan State, Indiana, Iowa, wh- whatever else you want to throw in there, even Wisconsin, like honestly, I feel like Michigan should be more on the level of Wisconsin capability. Like that, that is coaching. Coaching is what gets you there. So, again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just looking at it realistically. I'm. Uh, it's sad and depressing that f- everybody was looking forward to football and football's here and Lions suck, Michigan sucks, and chances are they're going to suck for a long time because Lions should rebuild and they probably will refuse to rebuild for several years. So Michigan is going to try to rebuild probably sometime here eventually, but nothing's going to change because they have administration issues. So... Yeah, it's just going to be really sad and depressing. So I'm actually very thankful that this is a short year. (laughs) I felt the same way. I was actually thinking, it's like, man, I kind of wish they would have just canceled the season now. (laughs) Yeah. Now, here's the the saddest thing. You may have seen me post this on social media, but Michigan's most realistic opportunity to – handing Ohio State a loss, like I say, quote-unquote, loss. Ohio State's uh, game this weekend is canceled against Maryland, I think was the opponent. Mm -hmm. So Ohio State has to play so many games to be eligible for the playoffs. If Michigan were to cancel the game at the end of the season against Ohio State, Ohio State would not be eligible for the playoffs. (laughs) So the greatest, uh, the most realistic opportunity for them, for Ohio State to take a quote unquote loss for Michigan is if they can't, if Michigan canceled that game, and rest- uh, kept Ohio State out of the playoff, because of that. That's the most realistic way that I could see Michigan doing anything against Ohio State. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, am I wrong? True. Even if half the team like you know, got put on the COVID list. Like, I still can't see Michigan beating the backups of Ohio State. Yeah, no, no. Oh, I mean, we've seen we've seen key players get taken out for Ohio State, especially quarterbacks, and they don't skip a beat. 
No. So, yeah. No, it's it's just sad and it's ugly. I don't like it. I know nobody likes it, but that's really what we're looking at. Most in the likelihood that there's going to be essentially a coaching uh, um, exit, uh, coaches exiting at the end of the year, new who knows what. But like I said, I honestly don't care because even if they bring in the biggest name possible, whoever you want to name, it's really probably not going to make a difference. I really don't see it making a difference. So I am like fully getting to the, uh, getting to the point of being prepared on not having high expectations for Michigan for the next decade. Yeah. Like I, I've said before, you know, I feel like I'm watching the lions twice in a weekend. Yeah. And it's just, it wears on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I you know, I'll be I'll admit, like I didn't even watch the game on Saturday. I don't blame you. My wife and I went out to dinner for our anniversary. So <laughs> I caught maybe three plays from the game from the restaurant we ate at, and that was about it. And I saw Michigan lose. I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> yep, that's what we both predicted. They scored yeah. more points than we thought, but that's what we predicted. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Man, dude, they haven't lost to Indiana since I 80s. was a year old. Yeah. Because it was in 1987. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I probably would have been about a year old. I wasn't even full year old. Yeah. Tw- uh, 24 consecutive wins. I remember saying to my dad, gosh, um, maybe when I was in high school, because I just remember Michigan playing Indiana almost every year and just killing him. And I said to him, I was like, when is it, has Michigan ever even lost to Indiana? <laughs> and I remember him saying, it's like, yeah, but it's been a really long time. <laughs> well, hasn't now. <laughs> yep. Nope. Credit to Indiana. I mean, they did. I thought Michigan may have, there was that kind of key moment early on, uh, relatively, well, no, it wasn't much really early on. Um, and, in the game where, um, the no, it was relatively early on. The uh, defensive player for Indiana got uh, um, disqualified for throwing a punch, and it was one of their key uh, defensive players. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, maybe Michigan might have a chance to hang in there, but nope. And actually, my worst uh, fears kind of came to pass because I said Milton has been doing well. I mean, he's not a superstar. He could he could be really good eventually. But he's been doing what he needs to do, and he's been playing smart. If he doesn't turn things over, Michigan is going to stand a chance in some of these things. Well, then he wound up throwing two interceptions, and once that happens, you know, it's it's done for because then that just puts them in a deeper hole. So, and this this defense is not going to do anything for you. So, yeah, it is just, it is rough, man. Like, I can, I don't know. I mean, I know a bunch of programs go through it all the time, and I know that Michigan hasn't exactly been, like, winning double-digit seasons uh, forever or anything, but I can't imagine what they're going through and having to deal with and, like, what is really even going on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I guess, I mean, I could go on forever, but you got anything else to add, I guess, before we kind of just jump into, we're, we're going to just jump into like predictions what uh, and whatnot. Dude, I pretty much got nothing. Like I said, I'm just beaten down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm ready for a change too, but like you said, will it even matter? Yeah. We could get, you know, a really good coach in here and would it make a difference? I mean, look at, we all hated Rich Rodriguez when he was here, but he went on to coach at Arizona and they were at least competent when he was there. And that's yeah. Arizona. Like when's the last time Arizona has been good at football? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were actually halfway decent and produced some NFL players in this time that he was there. So, you know, it wasn't fully on his shoulders. Yeah. Michigan was so bad. And then Brady Hoke, well, yeah, he was Brady Hoke. But I always yeah. said that he would have benefited better at being a coach at a small school, like a Mac school or something like that. And he could have been there a while. Because mm-hmm. there's a few things he did do right. It's just he wasn't good enough, I guess. Uh, to yeah. He coach didn't a ha- big school. I don't think he had everything together to be able to do it at that level. No, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, as far as Harbaugh is, you know, we talked about this too, and I talked about it with Craig as well. Um, even the last couple of years that Harbaugh's, like you said, Harbaugh's a completely different coach than he was when he first came in. Mm-hmm. You know, he just seems like he's just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Not well, excited, it- not um, passionate anymore. It doesn't feel like he's just kind of there. Complacent, I guess. I mean, it honestly makes me think of when I've been at uh, a job. I was at a job, the worst job I ever had. Like, the environment was terrible. The people I worked with were toxic, all this other stuff. And I went in there with such high hopes. And then to realize that that was the kind of job I was in, Mm -hmm. I mean, I got defeated. And I knew that it was visible. Um, just like from my demeanor and everything. And that's what I feel like is, has been going on with Harbaugh. It's just like, you know, he had such high expectations. Things were going so well, 2015, 16, 17 was what it was. And then trying to carry it through. But then, you know, 18 looked like it was maybe on the way back. And then 19 and just like with time, it's just like almost like this is the year that he's accepted it, where it's just like we're we're we've lost before we've even we've even started. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. You bring up Rich Rod uh, real quick before we move on. He had a, does a podcast. I don't know if he coaches anymore, but he does a podcast and he actually talked about the stuff in Michigan. And he was talking about administration too and saying that's not a Harbaugh problem. And while I agree that there is more to the problem than Harbaugh, I don't think you can excuse Michigan losing to Michigan State and Indiana and not say that there is not a coaching problem because yeah, that should not have happened. So, or at least not in that fashion. So yeah, Rich Rodriguez <laughs> is no longer coaching. He was the, the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss last year. Mm-hmm. And then Ole Miss brought in Lane Kiffin and he didn't offer Rodriguez a contract. It put him to boot. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, move right along. I went through all my notes. I mean, because I just had one word down for my notes, and it was rant. <laughs> so I think I covered mine, that. mine was just, 
Boo boo bee boo. All right. Well then uh yeah, plenty more where that came from, but we'll uh keep moving along. And so to talk about the games then, uh Lions are gonna be hosting the football team. Yeah. The Washington <laughs> football team. I still can't believe they haven't done anything. About I still call them the Redskins. Well they're gonna be playing the Redskins at one o'clock on Fox. Um both teams suck. So it looks like the time. it looks like Washington might suck a little bit more than the Lions, though. Uh, <laughs> the Lions are actually favored. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes they are. And sometimes they suck. <laughs> uh, pretty much all Washington has going for them is Terry McLaurin, a former Ohio State wide receiver. He's pretty good. He just doesn't have a quarterback that can throw on the ball. You mean the other Ohio State player? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the football team made a mistake by thinking an Ohio State quarterback can play in the NFL. And history shows us that they cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Where, you know, the best one, Mike Tomzak, was average at best. Uh, so they moved on to, oh gosh, what is his name? Kyle Allen. Played for the Panthers last year, and he had like a wicked leg injury last week. It was pretty gross. Um, so they moved on to another guy who had a wicked leg injury a couple of years ago, and that's Alex Smith. Uh, at this point, like Alex Smith is just—he's kind of there. He's frankly, he's he's lucky to have a leg. I mean, because yeah. the injury he had was so bad. Um. And then he had a whole bunch of surgeries and everything, and he ended up with like a whole bunch of infection and just bad issues with that thing. But you know, he got through it, and now he's back playing again. So it's kind of kind of cool to see. But at this point in his career, he's you know he's not as good as he used to be. He's still pretty decent, but I'm sure the Lions will make him look better than he is. Oh, of course. Uh, they got some playmakers on a defensive side of the ball, like Landon Collins at safety. You know, I really don't know much about Washington, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of kind of hard to say. You know, they got some good pass rushers. They got Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, they also have Ryan Kerrigan. So you know, they have a fair amount of talent on the defensive side of the ball. So you know, the Lions don't. It'll it'll be. I think it's going to be a pretty boring game, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, you gotta like that generic W that Washington has for their logo now, <laughs> and how their jerseys look like something that a creative team would, on Madden would have. <laughs> it's like the Redskins jersey with a helmet that just has uh, gold numbers on it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, well, as I was saying, lines are favored by four and a half. I don't have an over under on the game, so that's fun. Um, oh, but, by the way, Landon Collins is on IR. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a feeling like I haven't heard much about him this year. So if I say something, like he's going to end up being hurt. So I better correct that. Oh, so um, Kalik Hudson is also on the team. So if you want to watch him play, there you go. Hey, there you go. (laughs) 
All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's just jump right into it. Uh, Lions favored by four and a half. Brandon, what's uh, what's your score prediction for this game? Oh, I am picking the Lions to lose 24 to 21. Interesting. I'm actually picking Washington to score that many points. All right. So then, um, you are obviously not going to have them cover. I am going to say that the Lions will actually win. <gasps> But they will not cover the four and a half point spread. I have a final score of twenty to seventeen. Oh, that's fair. So, um, but I will not be surprised by anything. Actually, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers a little bit that the Lions don't score a lot because I have the Washington defense. My other defense is on a bye, and I'm playing against <laughs> Craig. So, <clears throat> I need all the help I can get. Go football team. <laughs> All right, which brings us to uh, the ever more exciting Michigan hosting number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin only having played one game so far this year. Uh, Michigan is the underdog by four and a half points. The over-under is 54. I'll start things out. Uh, I know we didn't do a whole lot of breakdown or anything. Um, Wisconsin looked very good against Illinois. I mean, again, it's one game in the season. And it's Illinois. And it's Illinois. They do have Mertz in uh, playing at quarterback who is in this year for Cone. They were expecting Cone to be playing, but he is out and Mertz is just coming in, lighting things up. Wisconsin looking more like a passing team than a running team. Which is bizarre. Yes. Wisconsin. Which is crazy. Um, uh, we'll see, though. Again, just one game in the books. Um, they... They always have a stout offensive and defensive line. So that is why I am thinking that, you know, Michigan does not really stand a chance because they have not been able to pressure the quarterback against Michigan State or Indiana really all that much. So the secondary is hanging out there to dry because they don't know how to adjust on defense. And so since Wisconsin is passing more, they will have perfect opportunity to just light Michigan up. Now, that being said, I have a weird feeling that this is one of those backs against the wall situation. I mean, Michigan is one and four in the last five games. So I feel like this is uh, backs against the wall. They're going to do something weird. I think that they're going to look competitive and maybe kind of keep it close. But in the end, I don't. I think that Wisconsin is just going to be able to dominate. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put in a final score of 31 to 17. That's pretty close to what I have. I guess, you know, Michigan could get lucky. Maybe that Wisconsin's a little rusty from not playing for a while but I really don't see that happening. Um, I'm picking Wisconsin to win 27 to 17. Okay. So, yeah, pretty close in score. (laughs) 
and we both have uh, Wisconsin covering the spread and going with the under then. So an optimistic looking weekend, exciting, many points, yes. many, many points. Oh shoot. You know what I kind of forgot about though mm. is um, getting a lock. So oh. do you, do you already have a lock? Yeah, I got my lock. Sweet. I will let you I actually, go. I actually did my job. Yeah, you did your job. That's why I pay you more than I. Uh, that's why you get paid more than I do. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention too that um, it's one of those great night games for Michigan. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot about 7:30 that. Seven thirty on ABC. I hate night games. <laughs> um, this is what my notes were: versus Wisconsin, seven thirty p.m. ABC. I hate night games. Who cares at this point? Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically where I'm at. But yeah, my lock. So my NFL lock of the week, I have Philadelphia covering the three and a half point spread over the Giants. It was three and a half? Three and a half, yeah. So I think that Philly is going to cover that because the Giants blow. Philly blows too, but they can actually score some points sometimes. <laughs> Nice. Well, I'm picking a Big Ten game. I'm really drawn to Indiana, which is just negative seven over Michigan State. But Michigan State likes to ruin things for me. So I am going to go with Iowa. Iowa absolutely destroyed um, Michigan State last week, which was so awesome to see. Uh, which makes you feel so much better about Michigan football. Um, but they are uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite against uh, Minnesota. So I'm going to take Iowa covering the three-and-a-half. Uh, it's a Friday night game, and uh, night uh, night games are Iowa's strong suit. So I'm banging yeah. on that. So. All right, which brings us to the end of the episode, which is the questions of the week. And so I am going to come in with uh, Michigan's question first. Um, Ironically enough, uh, I was looking this up, and I saw that... um, Did I lose it? I think I lost it. Um, That Michigan has... There we go has had eight rushing touchdowns and four passing touchdowns. Okay. Um, But they had no rushing touchdowns against Indiana. So I'm going to ask, will Michigan have more rushing touchdowns or passing touchdowns against Wisconsin? That's tough. Uh, I'm going to say passing. All right. I am. I feel like being different. I was going to say passing probably myself, but I'll do rushing. Um, chances are they'll probably just be one touchdown, and it'll be a rushing touchdown, you know? So there you go. Uh, Brandon, do you have a question for the Lions this week? Yeah. Will Everson Griffin get his first sack as a Lion versus Washington? He had zero versus the Vikings. And I'm going to say no. Ooh, well, controversy, I'll say yes. Okay. I'll go with yes. Why not? Let's spice things up. Because that would just be typical Lions. 
they made a trade for this guy to help the pass rush, and it won't work. And then he won't that's my guess. And he won't do anything. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. I mean, I know we unleashed a lot of information, and it wasn't technically like really, um, what would I say? Not informational, but, you know, we didn't really break down the games like we normally do or talk about things like that. There was a lot of other stuff to throw in there. So who knows? That might be the way things look. But, man, uh, enthusiasm is at a a low, a very low. Yep. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes because, oh, excuse me, Michigan is sitting at one and two. Three games are out of the way. Uh, There's still... Five more to go. Right. And then there's uh, a game at the end of that. Or, yep. So five more games. And then there's one more game after that. So six more. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. We hope that we have a lot better things to talk about next week, but don't hold your breath. That is not recommended for your health. Um, so until then, uh, you guys hopefully enjoy some football and we'll finish off with go blue, go blue.